broadcasting live weekday morning this is listener supported one radio network well well good morning this is patrick timponi how you doing it's about 24 april the phone lines are still down it's just one of those things it's a long movie the movie's coming to an end though soon so only emails this morning patrick at one radio network.com on the fourth monday we have dr jennifer daniels one of your faves she's in the looking good she's in the here at the green room and we're going to meet her in just a second after we tell you tomorrow uh, steve falconor really fun guy who lives denmark sweden one of those places he's into all kinds of conspiracy theories and you know and then on wednesday varus ahmad who's a quite a prolific fellow in the field of talking about health and nutrition and he's He's a fave of yours as well, and he's going to be here on Wednesday. And I think a thing or two we're going to slip in uh, this week as well. Uh, Ray, um, sorry, Thomas Renz, an attorney who's been on this vaccine thing for years. Uh, he's now writing about and uh, doing some doing some work in the courts trying to keep uh, these people from shooting weird things into our animals you know, this mRNA stuff. So he's going to be on a week after next. Okay, let's talk to Dr. Jennifer Daniels, who's in Panama, and uh, it's always fun having you on the show. Doc, good morning. You're looking great. Boy, you look sharp today. Good morning. You look sharp today, baby. You got it on. You got it, got it going on. Thank you. You got a date after the show? Is that what this is about or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you look adorable. I can't imagine that you're not walking around Panama and guys aren't just hitting on you all all the time. Come on, no, really. I mean, not all the time. But sometimes. I mean, I have standards. You, well, I hope so. <laughs> I'm not suggesting you go with everyone that hits on you. You know, you have standards, okay. right? <laughs> so how you been doing? You've been doing some crocheting lately? I've been doing some crochet. Uh, Jiu-jitsu is progressing. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu. How often do you go to class for that? I know. Six days a week. Every day? Every day? I oh, know, not seven. Six. Okay, so you take Sundays off? Yeah, I take Sundays off, and sometimes I'll take another day off. I see. Mm-hmm. I'm getting stronger. May I show up my muscles? Well, yeah, baby. <laughs> I have to get out of the screen to get my hand in the screen. Oh, wait, there you go. Thank you. Whoa, <laughs> look at your little... Oh, we have to, get the, we have to show you the cut. Oh, man, see? You got these little muscles going. So in jujitsu, is there something, uh, resistance that causes the muscles to grow? I how, What's yeah. resisting? Yeah. Right? What's resisting? There's a lot of resistance. Uh, the other person you're grappling with. <laughs> I see. Oh, I see. <laughs> a lot of resistance. Like, <laughs> I see. Ah, that's why you get stronger. Mm. And so you need to use your arms, your legs, your core, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so in Taekwondo, which is what I was doing before, you use your core, medium, and your legs a lot. So it was a different uh part of the body that was being exercised. But with jiu-jitsu, it's a much more comprehensive thing. Right. I, I got to change something. Hold on. Oh, man. I just... It's like, oh, God. I can't see what I'm doing. Hold on. So with jiu-jitsu, it's also a mental game because you have to understand where the other person's muscle weak parts are and tailor your strategy to put your strong strongest part in opposition to their weakest part. And that's how you win. I see. So the strongest person in jiu-jitsu does not necessarily win. But the person with the best strategy, because no matter how strong you are, you've got one muscle somewhere that's weaker than your opponent's strongest muscle. So mm-hmm. if he can understand that and get those two together, where he's got his strongest muscle working against your weakest muscle, then he can win. So do they do boys and girls or girls and girls or just every? Oh, oh no. Just mix it up, huh? Yeah, mm. yeah. 
of course, I say, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I'm 66. One good hit. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a serious talk with any male who wants to be my partner, and I let him know I am totally okay with injuries. I understand it's part of the game, but I don't want any injury uh, that cannot heal by tomorrow's class. And he's like, oh. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I don't want any injury. It's going to take uh, six weeks to heal. I already have one of those. This is, uh, I don't know if I can show it. I should have showed you last time, my hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's this uh, finger. But as you can see, it's almost uh, back to normal. Mm -hmm. That's the bad finger. That's the bad finger. And this is a corresponding good finger. On the other hand, let me move it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good figure. So they look, they're looking pretty similar. There's a little bit of swelling left, but I'm like, you know what? No more of those injuries. Yeah, we don't need any more of those. Yeah. Well, we have lots of emails. You want to go for it, baby? Well, do we want to talk about a fundamental misunderstanding in medicine? Sure. Go for it. All right. So I got this uh, link to a video, and this online doctor who's really, con really conscientious, great guy, he says, ah! I've just figured it out. Oh, healthcare is a fraud. And so my position is, maybe not. So we have to look up the definition of fraud. And it's to take something illegally from a person. And uh, in that sense, medicine is absolutely not a fraud. Everything these doctors are doing, or medicine is doing, is totally legal. The other thing is, in order to have a fraud, you have to identify the transaction, right? And so the person selling has to be somehow deceiving or defrauding the person who's buying, right. right? Okay. But the doctor is not the seller and the patient is not the buyer or the customer. And this is where the misunderstanding is. So when a person pays for health insurance, he receives the right to abide by a contract, nothing more. No fraud there. Shame on him for not reading the contract. A doctor has numerous agreements that supersede any patient wishes. He actually has no contract with the patient, but he has an agreement he must abide by to keep his license. That would be the government. He has an agreement with the insurance company. And if he has hospital privileges, an agreement with the hospital. Therefore, when a person consents to becoming a patient, that means you show up and make an appointment, the customer is the insurance company, the licensing board, hospital that permits the doctor to have privileges. That's who the doctor is treating. That is who is giving the doctor economic value. The patient is not the customer. So there's very little fraud, actually. Hmm. There's a great misunderstanding among people who agree to be patients. They have given up their freedom by purchasing the insurance and by allowing licensure and allowing malpractice. So malpractice that means a doctor is immune from any civil prosecution. Mm -hmm. Rather than common criminal prosecution, the doctor just has a company pay money on his behalf. So... The patients don't understand that they cannot be defrauded because they're not a party to the doctor-patient transaction. It's like saying a dog was defrauded when he went to the vet. Not possible. It's the owner who is paying and has the expectations. In the case of healthcare, uh, it's the insurance company, the licensing boards, regulatory agencies are the owners. The patient is no more than a mute dog or piece of channel hmm. and property. And so once you enter that doctor-patient relationship, you become or consent to by your actions to be the property of the licensing board, the hospital, or the government. Yeah. Well thought out. That's it. Yeah. There's no fraud. No fraud. Yeah. It's just wipe it out of your mind. There's no fraud because you're not a party to the relationship and you are not the customer. You are not the customer. That's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Now we can do questions. Clear that up. Clear it up. No, I, 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 yeah, we make the choice, don't we? We, we, we make the choice. Well, people don't realize that. So that's why uh, I cleared this up. Because I listened to this video, this very well-meaning doctor. And he goes, he's, he's very upset. He's decided, he's determined that the healthcare system is not safe. It's not what it seems to be, blah, blah, blah. People are being defrauded. No, they're not. You cannot be defrauded if you're not uh, the customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's so we don't have a contract with the with the doctor, right? There's no contract. None. Hmm. I mean, patients don't honestly get patients walking in the office saying a doctor sign here. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> There's no contract. 
There's no contract. And I guess without a contract, you can't have fraud. Correct. I mean, sometimes you can have an implied contract. Sure. But even the implied contract, the person who's taking the role of the patient has to be the one paying a free agent. And the doctor is not a free agent. He's not free to Hmm. respect the wishes of the patient. Even if the patient's paying cash, the doctor still has the obligation to the licensing board and to regulatory agencies. To do that thing they call the standard of care. Don't you like that standard of care? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'm glad you got that off your chest, baby. That's good. Well, we're going to start with uh, last month. We had a bunch left over. We're going to start there and see how we do today. See how far we go. Okay. So we have uh, Colette, and she wants... Colette. She wants to know about a tender scalp. For the last few months, I've had... Tensor scalp at the back of my head with some shooting pains on and off. I thought it was my braided hairstyle, so I took it down. But however, the scalp is still very tender. Any ideas? Yeah. So this is a common or akin to basically low back pain. So it's the same thing. In the back of your scalp, you have a a lot of uh, tendons. And the tendons go up from your spine and through your scalp. So if you are sitting with your head in a certain position all day, and then you decide you want to move it into another position, then you're going to get tenderness. And over time, because you have your uh, head frozen in that position, usually sitting, maybe uh, watching a computer screen or something, you're going to get pain. So what's the answer? A simple answer is you can massage your scalp gently with some castor oil, and that will help free things up. And then you can just do... uh, head exercises and just loosen up all those tendons that are going from the neck all the way up into the back of your, of your mm-hmm. uh, head. Hmm. I, now the tip off here, she does not have open sores. So we know the problem is deeper in, in the tendons. Just tension over time, tension of some kind. Well, yeah, the, the muscles pull on the tendons and they, literally freeze in place hmm. and you get this tenderness all over your scalp, you yeah. know, on your scalp. But if you massage with, with the castor oil, which basically removes the toxins from the, from the area. So that's going to help your pain immediately without affecting your brain. And then if you can do some, you know, head and neck exercises. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a little video clip of a doc that I see from time to time. He's got some interesting ideas. I don't even recall his name, but he was talking about that when we're at a computer, we tend to do this, right? We tend to look in like this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And boy, I catch myself now all the time and I've been exercising to keep my shoulders back, you know, just. Exactly. It's it's a big deal. And I catch myself all the time now. So it's kind of fun. And I guess it's just a habit where we're just, right? Well, no, it's, um, you have a bad setup. So if you raise your screen, then you can look at the screen without having to lean forward. So it's a matter of raising your screen and then the position of your keyboard. Either you learn to type without looking at the keyboard or you put the keyboard up where you can see it and type without slumping over. No, no, I understand. I get that. But I tend to, with, when I'm unconscious, is to move forward just because, you know, you get close. No, but this- wherever you have to put it so oh, you don't I know. No, I get that. Here, rotate yeah. it that way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, you have but anyway, it's, so I've been doing, I get this band, he had this idea, Jen, where you get a little really hard band and you do this, you know, and you get your shoulders way back there and build up that muscle. And I'm finding myself, like keeping them back more and more when I'm walking and stuff, just from the awareness. Well, Tibetan exercise number three. Addresses it, oh, I think, very yeah, well. The, in the uh, five Tibetan, what yeah, they call it? exercise number three directly targets the spine and unbends it and hyperextends it. So what he's doing is he's pulling your arms back, but that's doing nothing for this dowager's hump. So you can have your arms like this, but you still have that curved forward back. So I'll try and show you. Yeah, it's it's happening back. in the back, yeah. Right, so this is, this is a slump. But if you do Tibetan exercise number three, it unfolds your whole back. Bring it all the way back. Yeah. 
exactly. Yeah. And that solves the problem directly. So you could pull this way and you're not, you know, you're not really going to affect that forward, what doctors call forward lordosis of the spine. What is it called? Lordosis, L-O-R-Lordosis. We have uh, Dallas here. He's got, his jock is itching. Okay. What? He's got jock itch. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just a jocky itchy, what can I say? So the immediate cure for jock itching is to wear uh, boxer shorts and get rid of those shorts that have the elastic around the legs. So I was in the store uh, the other day and I happened to walk through the men's department. For whatever reason, I don't know. They had the men's underwear on display. Right. And you know, they are selling men's underwear with no hole in the front. So a guy just can't whip it out and piss anymore. He's got a hole in his, no hole there. Right. But what that does is that holds in moisture, moisture it increases the chances of the itch. So this guy has a ventilation problem in the immediate sense. He has a <laughs> ventilation problem, and he needs to uh, do less sitting, right? Because with sitting, his legs are bad, and you've got the mm. creases there, the moisture accumulating. Now, he could do other things like drink more water, get rid of the sugary drinks, stop the, uh, the bread, stop any uh, desserts or sugary snacks. All that is well and good, but what's really going on here is... Uh, He's not got ventilation down there. Now, he can help improve this by just putting some type of powder there. He can use cornstarch. He can use uh, talcum powder. But some kind of, or you can use um, bentonite clay. It's very nice. But put a lot of it down there. It'll soak up the moisture, and uh, he won't get the problem. The actual problem he has then really is that uh, there's no ventilation there, and there's too much heat, and his body's perspiring into that area. Yeah, that makes sense. Lily is uh, 67, and nice. all of a sudden, young lady. oh yeah, just a young girl. All of a sudden, my whole back broke out in acne. I never get acne. I'm not sure what caused the problem. How can I, what should I do? Her whole back, just bust it out. Right. So she needs to check her drugs, make sure she's not taking any kind of uh, drugs at all, really. Any hormone supplements are the worst. So she's taking any kind of estrogen, progesterone, whatever. Uh, so that's number one. And so she's eating animal stuff that she needs to make sure animals are hormone free. That means no added hormones. All right, so she's got that done. The next thing she needs to realize is what's really going on with her acne is her body is detoxing into the acne or into her skin. And that, and she's seeing that as these open sores. So uh, what she needs to do is get more collagen in her diet and her skin will be thicker and the toxins won't be visible. She won't see the acne. So obviously we're talking, you know, pig ears at this point because pig ears are very high uh, in the skin. Mm -hmm. Now let's say she wants some kind of uh, medical intervention. Witch hazel is excellent. Um, just put that on her back mm -hmm. and get some that. Build up the collagen in the back or wherever, and we have these toxins, and they can't get out. Do they get out somewhere else? What will happen is you have a circulation system going. Mm -hmm. And so uh, let's say right now her, let's say this is normal collagen thickness. Her collagen is somewhere around here. So as the blood vessel is going by, the toxins that leach out of the blood vessel into what would otherwise be connective tissue, in her, it leaches out, it doesn't get into connective mm. tissue because she hasn't got any. Mm. It becomes acne. But if she thickens that skin, say, to where it should be, this thick, let's say, then the blood vessels that are going by release some toxins, but only release it up to this level, never rising to the point of breaking through and causing acne. That's the same model you talk about with herpes. Exactly, it's identical. Same, identical. same thing. Wow. Same, same. Hmm. Gabriella, what a great name, Gabriella. She, yeah, like uh, she had a. Um, Oh, we did this last month. Sorry, I remember this from last month. Sorry, Gabrielle. All right, we can uh, skip it. Yeah, I can skip it. Think we, got, we did that one last month, too. So I should have checked these off. I remember them, though. Oh, this one we did not do. Mites. Mm -hmm. Mites. Oh, yikes. Or mites. Blood disease. How long to clear? 
Can I do turpentine on the skin or the scalp? Can I also take a half teaspoon of turpentine and three cubes of sugar a couple of times a day feed candida? Okay, we got a lot of stuff going on here. So Catherine, blood disease. So we don't know, we know what's going on. So is he saying mites, M-I-T-E-S? That's what it says, M-I-T-E-S, exclamation point, right. It says mites, blood disease, how long to clear? All right. Do we do anything with that? Two to four days. So if you're doing the right thing, they're gone in two to four days. So if you have a parasite uh, crawling, creeping on your skin, then you've got to clean out everything in the house, right? you got to do some serious laundry cleaning. <laughs> well, okay, so he's got that going on. Uh, and the, the, the treatment is ivermectin, actually. Ivermectin. Um, hmm. Ivermectin. Take your body weight in pounds divided by 10, and that's how many milligrams you take. And one dose gets rid of the uh, the mites and bites and creepy crawlies in the skin. <laughs> so just one dose of ivermectin, and uh, yeah, in four days it should be gone. So we now do, the question is, how does he know he has these mites? Maybe he, he should have some kind of itch or something, and that, that will be gone. He'll know it's working because it, that'll be gone in about four days. Body weight by divided by 10 for the dose. Right. And you would do that one time? That's it. That's yeah. It. Boom. Yeah, not complicated. Um, Nancy is sixty. another 67er. Now, she's got lower back pain. She wants to know, in general, what would he do for this? Lower back pain. How did that go? Stop sitting. For God's sake, stop sitting. Uh, So, again, I got another uh, click for low back pain. What do you do for low back pain? And they give the absolute worst advice. So, low back pain is caused by the tendons in the back. Same thing at the neck level. It's now at the lower back level. So, these tendons are literally um, stiff from sitting and they're not stretching. And so the back uh, starts to hurt. So the simplest cure for low back pain is um, pigtails. So Dr. Daniels, why pigtails? <laughs> mean like little girl pigtails? No, not those. Okay. The real tails from a real pig. <laughs> uh, they call me, they're salted, in which case, for God's sake, soak them overnight to get the salt out, then you can cook them the next day. Or they come with no salt and you can just cook those directly. I like to pressure cook them for mm, two hours, like fall apart tender. So what's the point of it? The point of it um, is the pigtails have all the spare parts you need to fix the tendons around the spine as well as the disc within the spine. So whether her problem is the tendons around the spine or the disc in between the vertebrae or even the vertebrae themselves, you get all these spare parts in that one little package and it fixes it. So I uh, this friend who was going to get um, really expensive stem cell injections in her spine for low back pain. And, you know, she had you know, got all the x-rays showing her spine was deteriorating and this was the problem. And, of course, the injections were the miracle cure that the government was standing in the way of. <laughs> she decided she would share this with me. I said, well, before you spend the $10,000, why don't you go spend two bucks at the store and get some pigtails to eat those? <laughs> she did, and her back pain was gone in less than a week. Saved to 10 grand. Wow. <laughs> So uh, what's the dose? The dose is about a quarter pound to a half pound a day, depending on how big you are. Pigtails, pig ears, pig's feet. We use it all, baby, right? Well, sometimes we have to go to the cow, but yeah, right now we're seeing yeah, doing okay. Yeah, pig's got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, Cindy has noticed the last six months or so that every time she goes on the computer, her eyes get blurry. And I don't mm-hmm. do it every day, but... Um, do the blue blocker glasses help with computer viewing? They've got these glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to use the blue blocker glasses. In fact, I even paid extra to get the blue blocker prescription put into my eyeglasses. Uh, yes and no. But what I found really helps <laughs> is don't go on the computer. <laughs> No, that, that, that actually is the ultimate solution, but let's say for whatever reason, it's we're, not an option. We're, we're not going to do that. Uh, is um, eye washes. So you can just mix uh, a mild eye wash would be a half teaspoon of salt or even a teaspoon of salt in a cup of water. And then you can pour it into the eye cups, put the eye cups to your eyes. Blink, 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 blink. The other problem with 
the computer screen is you're not blinking. You're keeping your eyes open. Mm. And so that's drying out your eyes and, and that's interfering with the focus thing. So if you can uh, wash your eyes out with the salt water or you can make a ginger tea solution and dilute that to the level of sting you're comfortable with. And same thing with the eye cup. But the point is to hydrate your eyes to compensate for the lack of blinking, mm. which is really at the core problem. The blue blockers, what the blue blockers do is they keep you uh, from losing sleep at night, basically. <laughs> it, it, they, it, so they block that blue daylight, yeah. which tells your uh, brain it's daytime. They block that ray so that you can um, power down your body and get to sleep at night. So that's the benefit of blue blockers. Now, many people find that blue blockers do help, you know, a bit with the eye strain, but the basic problem is that you're not blinking. I, I, I guess I read somewhere where, like at night, if you watch a, a video or something, right. the, the blue, it messes up the melatonin thing? Correct. It sends thing? a signal through your eyes to your brain that it's daytime and you should be awake. Oh, you should be awake, huh? You just have to have a talk with that brain of yours, you know. <laughs> hey, listen, really, it's nighttime, isn't it? Um, this is from Nearings. My nephew is 40. That's great. His nephew is 40. Exercise, eating well. But wait, wait, is he writing about his nephew? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as well, you have to understand, nephew did not write, so nephew is reluctant to take my advice. So let's go and see if and, we can. I know we don't. Eat n- we don't normally do the things with my friend because people don't do it. But we'll we'll do it as his nephew. His LDL total cholesterol is high. HDL is forty six. His triglycerides two thirty nine. Could you please suggest how to lower his triglycerides? Is he in danger? He's worried about his nephew in danger. What were the triglycerides? Let's see, baby. Um, exercising well. LDL total cholesterol is high. HDL is forty six. I je- uh, sorry, triglycerides two thirty nine. Is that high? So unless the triglycerides are like two thousand, ignore them. Oh, okay. Well, There's no medical condition or illness associated with triglycerides under two thousand. In fact, it's really five thousand. And at that point, you get fatty liver disease. It's a real issue. But if his triglycerides are certainly under a thousand, not to worry. And if his cholesterol is high, it's a sign of health. So what this uh, uncle, well-meaning uncle is, uncle. he's a busybody. And if his 40-year-old nephew is in good health, that means he can get to work every day, get home, pay his bills. Mind your own business. <laughs> now, on top of all that is these medical numbers are uh, not a reflection of health. And so if you tend to normalize your cholesterol, your HDL, your LDL, and all the other stuff, you're going to be stupid and tired, and soon you won't be able to go to work. So, hmm. uh, yeah, don't treat numbers. Never, ever treat numbers. It's good advice. Don't treat a number. Right, treat a person. <laughs> treat a person. <laughs> um, this is from Laura. I'm mm-hmm. so glad you. Re- I, I'm so glad to have received Vitality capsules. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Was going to share with a relative on blood thinners, but found this is. The only item that is warned against is this because of dehydration concerns. Will you speak about this, please? It's because the uh, vitality capsules are great at normalizing your blood so you don't need blood thinners. Mm. So if you're taking blood thinners with them, you're you're kind of, you know, double dosing yourself. Mm. So it might be that if they're a person who's on blood thinners, drank more water and took vitality capsules, they would not need to put them. Have to be careful. You've suggested that oftentimes when they put people on blood thinners after a stroke, it causes more problems. And that's pretty much oh, proven. It does. Yeah, proven. That's proven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, leaps, the, it makes the blood so thin that the red blood cells and white blood cells literally leak out through the membrane of the blood vessel. And they leak out into the brain, causing um, Alzheimer's. Or is that, isn't that what a stroke is, when they leak or not? No? No. The stroke is when the bus- oh. muscle breaks oh, and break. spills. It breaks. Or a stroke is when there's a clot Clots. that blocks blood vessels mm-hmm. so it can't transmit. 
So this is just a slow leak and no one really knows, you notice what's going on. They don't even attribute it to the blood thinner. And a person seems to get just stupider and stupider over time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of like a politician, I think. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about politics. I know. So, and who would know if they got a leaky brain? I mean, you wouldn't go to your doctor and say, hey, doc, my brain is leaking. Who would know? No, no, no. You would go to the doctor and get a follow-up CT scan. The doctor would actually see. He can actually see. He can actually these, see. Huh. And these leaks are diagnosed as micro strokes or micro hemorrhages. And then the doctor is trained to tell you, ah, oh, but don't worry about that. Really? He just sends you caused by the blood thinners he's put you on. Oh, I see. Yeah, because he put you on the blood thinners. Yeah. 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 So what causes uh, the strokes when there's a clot? You know, you hear that a lot. Where not enough water, dehydration, not enough water. Not enough water. You know, I've been doing more than my one half in body weight, and I feel better doing that. Yeah, I so do. One half body weight is a guideline. Some people feel better with a little more than that. Some people feel better with a little bit less than that. Mm -hmm. But you know, shoot for that, and then then tweak it to what you like or what. Works but you best. think that's pretty much minimum one half your body weight in ounces would be a min. It depends on what else you're drinking. So a lot of people, maybe they'll be drinking, I don't know, celery juice or something like that. So it, it, it depends. Yeah. But shoot for that body weight, and then you can just adjust it from there. Adjust it from there. And then that you would use as a metric all kinds of things, how your skin looks, how you're pooping, everything. Oh, absolutely. Everything. everything. Like I, I actually have bad skin days. <laughs> my skin doesn't look this good. And it's because I didn't drink enough water that day. Isn't it amazing it happens that quickly? I've noticed the same that thing. Quickly. You know, yes. some days I wake up with these bags under my eyes. I got them this morning. I don't know how I oh, did it. Oh, we got to take a break. We didn't, we didn't cover the piece of artwork behind me, did we? I don't think we did. That. We haven't done the artwork. We haven't done show and tell yet. I mean, we've done, we just jumped right in. I mean, we can do that. We'll do show and tell before, after we do a break and then commercial break, and then we'll do show and tell. Okay. okay. So, so sometimes I wake up, I got these little baggy eyes, even more than now. Mm -hmm. What causes that? I, I, I've tried to figure yeah. that out. I try to figure that dehydration out. You think it's big. dehydration? Dehydration is big. And then once you handle the dehydration, mm. that, and let's say you, you've hydrated yourself and you still have the bags. It's a vegetable deficiency. Let me recommend, uh, honestly, a salad, a raw lettuce salad. You know and how I long it's been since I've had a raw lettuce salad? A year. Exactly. So, okay, now wait a minute. Okay, what's this raw lettuce salad going to do for my little baggy eyes? What's no it? clue. It just gets rid of them. So Come on. <laughs> Come on. You're just making that But up. once you get caught up in all these animal parts, it is so easy to forget that salad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I find I have to actually write it down on my checklist <laughs> that I get at least salad. one big salad a week. Eat Which a before when I was vegan, I ate two big salads a day. And what does it do? Um, the salad is a great uh, detoxer. Mm -hmm. um, the, the fiber latches onto toxins in your gut and carries them out the other end. Mm. But even more than that, if you're eating um, iceberg lettuce, which is ugh, condemned, it's, it's so bitter that it activates the bowel flow in your liver and gives you additional cleansing. I know a fellow who's very into this stuff. He said iceberg lettuce is really good for you, and it's just all been it made is. up. Very good for you. Is that true? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, yeah, we can actually get a little organic iceberg lettuce at the HEB. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. So, but we, when we eat raw lettuce, it's pretty much indigestible, right? So that's why it comes back out pretty quick, or not? Well, Is you have to, I mean, you know, the chew factor's in there, right? You got to chew. Hmm. But the advantage to uh, iceberg lettuce is it has a much higher uh, water content, much higher bulk, and it's also much more bitter. So you're going to get more liver action, you're going to get more hydration, and more intestinal cleansing than you're going to get from your spring green mix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You would think, though, the bags means there's too much water because they're puffy. No, the opposite. No, they're, they're, they're puffing out because the toxins are not being removed from the system. Oh. So the raw salad activates removal of these toxins via the liver and via the intestines and, and the hydration, it helps circulation. Uh, whereas these organs are very nice, you know, the uh, pigtails, the pig ears, all that other stuff, but they're very dehydrating. So you can't let up on your waters because you eat 
one of these things. And the problem, the paradox, of course, is once you eat a pig ear, you just don't have any appetite, not for water or anything else. So you have to really intellectually say, wait, I may feel satisfied, but I've got to drink my water. Thank you, water. Or I may feel satisfied, but I've got to eat my salad. Well, one salad a week will do it, huh? Okay, I'll do it. We'll see how they look. Yeah, that's what I found because, again, like you, I found, whoa, wait a minute, I have not had a salad in oh, a month. Oh, I haven't no. forever. You know? <laughs> yeah, I got all caught up in the whole carnivore thing, and they say vegetables will kill you, you know, so I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got, I Every got, diet has its fanaticism. Yeah, I got a little fanatic there. Yeah, it'll happen. Uh, especially when you're Italian Scorpio. You know, it's easy for us to get fanaticized, you know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do people go about stopping, stepping away from blood thinners, oh, the, uh, the high blood pressure medicines, heart-regulating medicines? If they want to take, take less, it seems like elimination and sufficient water are the keys for all health improvements. Oh, that's kind of right. I don't think he understands his own question. I mean, I think he's trying to answer his own oh, question. Oh, no, he's this was the, the end of the lady who did the Vitality Capsules question about blood thinners. I just added that on there. Okay, so she wants to know how to step away from heart medicines. That's another question yeah, yeah. entirely. Um, so disclaimer, it's your body. Uh, pay your money, it's free advice, and take your chances. Having said that, um, here's a problem in medicine with stepping away from your heart medicines is they're put together in such a combination that each one is treating a side effects of another. So a lot of times if you, if you stop just one or even worse, the wrong one, then you throw yourself in a deadly dangerous situation. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's very difficult to stop them in that way. Uh, so you would need to get the advice of someone who understands the drugs well enough to know which drug is at the tip of the iceberg and you can take that off and, you know, work work that way. Hmm. Or you can get religion, which would mean, uh, pray, go to church, whatever, and then stop them all at once. (laughs) (laughs) And I have seen people actually succeed. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. Stopping them all at once, but as you stop them, or maybe before you stop them, maybe for a week, you want to uh, clean up your act, so to speak. You know, drink more water, poop more, and then just uh, go cold turkey. But when you go cold turkey, uh, you know, stay home, take a rest, chill, and immediately start what you feel to be or have decided is the best diet or program for you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, check your uh, whatever parameter you want to check, like your blood pressure or whatever. And for the um, blood thinners, you can just uh, press your skin. If you don't get a bruise, you don't have too much blood thinners. And then um, you can aggressively hydrate yourself and clean yourself out. And the bruising easily is too thin of blood? Correct, correct. Now, most people... They're like, oh, Dr. Daniels, I can't do that. I've got a job. I've got this. I've got that. And so, again, this is how our modern lifestyle traps us into being unhealthy. That we literally don't have time to either go to the bathroom and take a piss, or we don't have time to Hmm. relax and unwind for a week. Yeah. How do you thicken up the blood? How do you thicken up the blood? Thicken up the blood. Yeah, if you're people that are bruising easily, what, what, what are they missing? To add. No, it's the other way around. What? It's a takeaway promise. This is oh, a subtraction take, Takeaway promise. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's all it's all math, but you gotta subscribe. It's subscribe. Okay. And that's, it's fourth grade math, nothing heavy. Fourth grade math, simple subtraction. Subtraction. So they need yeah, they could drink a little less water. Um, and they need to check their supplements. If they're taking vitamin C, if they're taking garlic, um, they've got to cut out this blood thinning um intervention okay so garlic thins the blood right garlic oh yeah oh yeah yeah. or ginkgo thins the blood tremendously yeah um melanie what does dr daniels think about vaccine shedding is it just another myth or a real hmm 
I think we've got to understand that the biggest threat to us is what we put in our bodies. And so if you have uh, not allowed injections into your body, that is the number one thing. One, don't allow injections, and two, don't allow any, uh, you know, drugs. So let's say you've done all that. Then shedding is, is, it is real, it does happen, it can be um, harmful or devastating, but generally to people who have a weakened immune system. So again, I went to medical school, so I'm telling you what, you know, I learned there. So literally they, they are aware of cases where a grandma who's on chemotherapy dies because she went to visit her vaccinated grandchild who had been vaccinated, say, within uh, two to seven days. And that's very real. But let's say you're not immunocompromised. Let's say you have a competent immune system. In other words, you're not, take, you're not taking any drugs. You're able to get up and dress yourself. Uh, either go to work or do some social activity and go home and you're good to go. Let's just say that's that's you. Uh, then you really don't have much to worry uh, with shedding. The vaccine shedding is real. Um, it does harm people, but the people it harms are immunocompromised. Interesting. Now, you might be immunocompromised because you have four alcoholic drinks a day, four highballs a day. You know what I mean? So you've got to take a look at your lifestyle and decide if your immune system is compromised. Maybe you're a cigarette smoker. And adding viral shedding to it or vaccine shedding to it is just not okay. How significant, or do you, in your opinion, would it be um, the shedding going on between people that are very close emotionally and all of that. Do you think that would add to it? Well, all of my lovers are vaccinated, so it's not a problem. <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, I know. <laughs> I know. What can I say? Uh, I, I get it. No, I get it. No. I, guess I, I don't know. <laughs> they actually have a dating website called, um, what is it? Yeah, it's your vaccine. You know, unjected. I think it's unjected or what is it? that's the name of it. So. Unjected. Unjected. Yeah, yeah, so people need to really take personal responsibility for their state of health. Mm-hmm. And people who are vaccinated, there's a reason why they're vaccinated. They're vaccinated because they are the easygoing, go along, get along people. Yeah. And the unvaccinated people are the, wait a minute. What's going on? I'm not going along with that. I'm, let, let's, let's take a look at this. And so really, the unvaccinated and the vaccinated are incredibly compatible. <laughs> you got a bunch of unvaccinated people uh, dating, they're going to butt heads. It's just not going to work out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, you bring up a good point. This person who's been vaxxed, I mean, they probably think differently on about everything that you do, right? I mean, it would be... be... No, the person who's been vaccinated is submissive. Yeah, and we're not. The person who's not been vaccinated is dominant. They go together like a hand. Oh, I oh, I didn't get that point. Oh, well, that, they're very compatible. That's interesting. Extremely compatible, yes. Yeah, but, this is going to be a great evening. Yes, this is good. You get two vaccinated people, oh, they're, they're, they're going to be... I don't know if I agree with you on that one, baby. Because a vax person, they could be all woked up, and I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't work with that. I mean... All of my old, uh, you know, boyfriends through the years, you know... Right.
That's hilarious. Well, it's a nice but way to people look. are not realizing that the so-called virtue signaling things may not be signaling uh, virtue. Like just because you have something you, you feel and agree with, it may be that your best compatibility is with someone who does not have that same feeling. Hmm. More fun anyway. But clearly for me, I would be compatible with someone who's easygoing, kind of go along, get along, you know, Maybe they have some opinions, but yeah, they let go of them. You know what I mean? I, I realize that. So I don't look for like a player's top, you know, guys who are 10 out of 10. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> a 10. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they the model over there. <laughs> Dear God, I'm still looking for a 10. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right, stay right there. It's Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> Jennifer Daniels, praying for a pony or a 10. You know, just take your pick, you know. Ponies, ponies eat more than the tens, so you got to be careful how much you got in your food supply. There, um, <laughs> dear God, bring me a pony or a ten. Well, um, if you have, if you have cell phone towers around, uh, you might want to get uh, Blue Shield, this EMF protection device, and it works. It works on your little cells. It's pretty cool put a cube in the center of the home, goes out 90 yards, use promo code one radio and it works on the cells in the body. I think you'll find it is a really nice thing. It's on our website. Speaking of the teeth, oh, we weren't, but we will. This is uh, my favorite thing that I, the only one that I've used for, I don't know, maybe five years now. Well, what I do is not important, but my teeth look great. They look pearly. Um, I went about five years uh, in between getting my teeth cleaned using Pearl Sim, and finally there was a little stuff, you know, in between, you know, it gets in the tooth, like, um, whatever you call it, um, you know, really deep in there. So I got my teeth uh, cleaned about a month ago, after five years. She said, how long has it been, Patrick? Can she look on the computer? And it was like five years. How do you do that? And I told her about Pearl Sim. Yeah, it gets rid of a lot of uh, stuff um, that you don't want on there. Pearl Seam, it's on OneRadioNetwork.com. Click and order. You have this green powder. It's really cool. And uh, not it's a white powder, but it's from a real pearl. And um, there you go. It's from a real pearl. And you can uh, brush your teeth with it and take it internally. And it's made from uh, uh, a living thing, a living species. And so it's it's cool. That's a good thing. Um, it's very high in calcium, but there's also a lot of other minerals. It's on our website, oneradionetwork.com. And another reason I have to drink a lot of water is because I do this every night. Previously with cardiologist Dr. Joel Kahn, 35 years experience in cardiology. On your commercial break, you hit a hot button because I'm a giant fan of infrared sauna and the cardiac benefits. Tell us about uh, why you like these saunas for the heart. What does it do? In Japan, it's a traditional therapy of heart disease to even sick heart patients to sit for 15 or 20 minutes in an infrared sauna, then lie down and rest and hydrate for about half an hour. They call it WAON, W-A-O-N, it means soothing heat. And they've done research studies, like 30 of them in humans. Anti-ages your arteries and improves the strength of your heart, and it may actually prolong survival in sick heart patients. Anybody can just, again, go to the Internet read about infrared sauna heart disease, or put my name there because I've written many articles about it. Now there's data coming out of Sweden and Finland because they've published some amazing data. The number of times a week you're in a sauna, number of minutes each time, you can just track out how long you're going to live. So very powerful therapy by being in, my favorite is an infrared sauna. Well, I don't know about you, but if the heart muscles and the arteries are happy, things are good. Very important. We promote the Relax Far Infrared Sauna. Yes, Patrick, yes, we do. And uh, we, we put in another video for you a few weeks ago with the scientists talking about this, and they've actually tracked it out that the more you do the sauna, the less cardiovascular uh, um, events happen. Seriously. Even in, the cardiovascular events lower if you do it five times a week rather than three times a week. I'm serial. Real, real, real science. I don't know if you believe that. 
<laughs> we all know after the last three years we want to believe the science, right? Anyway, just email me if you like. <laughs> believe the science. If you like to uh, get this on, just email me, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Twelve ninety five. The only way to get it. Twelve ninety five. Know the source on One Radio Network. Dr. Jennifer Daniels, uh, where do we go wrong with the science? I don't. I think the science left us at the train station. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> Believe the science. Okay, so you got, you got a show and tell. You got a show and tell. So I started uh, crocheting to uh, distract myself from the news or the science. <laughs> the science. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. This is my uh, latest, actually, the finished project. I just finished this. I started another project. You made that with your two little hands. Yeah, yeah two little hands. And, um, the pattern, as you can see, uh, has many rows. Each row has a different sequence. So you cannot have Alzheimer's and do this kind of work because you have to memorize a sequence that repeats, repeats, repeats. And if you don't repeat it accurately, it shows. Hmm. Then you need hands that don't have arthritis. Let me show you the hands without arthritis. <laughs> uh, so that you can manipulate the hook and the thread and each row on the outer edge there has, as you get towards the outer edge, has over a thousand stitches times to hit that hook. So over a thousand times you have to go like this. And so you need, uh, you know, no arthritis, excellent eyesight, right? You get cataracts, you can't do this one. And so this is an opportunity to really employ a person's health. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so important for people to get a hobby. It doesn't have to be crochet. I just have to. Sure, do something. Maybe you want woodworking, or maybe you enjoy painting, or maybe you enjoy the piano. Whatever it is that keeps your, you know, your hands, your mind, and your body active, and it gives you a reason to be healthy. And I, I find that that's really the big thing holding people back. A lot of people are like, "Well, I would do that to be healthy, but it's not really worth it." What's really not worth it is the lifestyle good health would give them. So they haven't developed enough hobbies or things they enjoy doing that would be worthwhile to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the first step. So the first step is to find a hobby that you enjoy. And then as you start doing it, you'll be like, mm, my hands are achy. Can't do that. Okay, fix your arthritis. Wow, vision is a little blurry here. All right, do eye wash to clear up that vision. And oh, I can't seem to remember these sequences. Okay, eat some uh, pig brain or cow brain. Fix your brain. And so... These hobbies literally guide you to what steps to take to improve your health. And it helps give you more happiness and more joy. So this is a lot of fun to crochet. And I just did it to pass the time, did it in spare moments. However, now the question is, what do you do with this? (laughs) It's 51 inches in diameter. So I don't have a round table that it fits. You need a bigger table. Exactly. So now we're on the hunt for a bigger table. <laughs> um, then the question, of course, is where do you put the table? Oh, my God, you've got to move. So now I'm like, oh, back up, back up. I'm on the hunt for a 51-inch hula hoop. And I'm going to attach it to a hula hoop put it on the wall. Oh, then you'll frame your thing there. Well, the hula hoop is the frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. That's a great idea. It's very pretty. How, long, how, does all, how, how much time do you put in something like that, if you had to guess? I put in, this took me uh, longer than usual, about five weeks. Mm-hmm. And I put in about uh, an hour a day, some days an hour, some days two hours, some days none. Mm-hmm. So it's really, uh, I just fit it in. You know, if I'm waiting for something um, or I have some dead time between whatever, then I'll. Um, pick it up and start working on it. What fun. Good job. Okay, baby. <laughs> Back to biz. That's fun. Good for you. So Molly wants to know where Dr. Daniels buys her sweet willow flower tea. It's not sweet willow, is it? What's the name of that? 
to help with small, small flower herb. Herb. And I buy it by the pound on Amazon. On Amazon. Small willow flower herb. And that's for baldy and gray as well, both? Correct. Right. Now, having said that, I found a better solution for baldy. So my hair was getting thin on the top. I don't know if you can see it. It is no longer thin. And the pig ears. The follicles just came back and just started just growing thickly. (laughs) I mean, now I have to actually seriously get a haircut. It's like, oh, time to get my hair. Isn't that great? Yeah. Got so that's the thickness of balding. Eat your, eat your pig ears. Eat your pig ears. What about the gray? Uh, it turns out that the reason you're gray is because you don't have enough pigment in your diet. So I actually make an effort to eat black stuff frequently. Really? And black stuff is... Um, blackberries? Kalanji. Huh? Blueberries, blackberries? No? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, maybe blackberries. Blueberries are not black, okay? They're blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, blueberries are <laughs> So, um, you know, black uh, sesame seed, uh, black cumin seed, black squid ink, um, shilajit, black beans. So oh, hmm. there's black chicken. So all these things are black and they have pigment and you eat them and you have less gray hair. So I am 66 and this is the degree of gray. I have. Yeah, you don't have a lot. More black food. Where's another one? Uh, yeah. Black, uh, black. Black, black squidding is cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here is Margot. She's 53. Yeah, young lady. Young kid. About 10 years ago, diagnosed with cataracts in both eyes. Two to three years ago, my right eye turned almost blind. Hmm. Usually can I, I can only see the shadows, even if the object is just a few feet away from me. Where can I read even the smallest? Oh. But there are days when I can read even smallest letters. It goes off and on. Okay, so this is fluctuating. Yes. That's the key thing here is fluctuating. Fluctuating. So if you have something fluctuating, it is reversible. That's your your cue. This can be reversed. Yeah. And simple eye washes is what she needs. The salt. She can use ginger tea eye washes or she can use um, salt water eye washes. If she lives near the ocean, for God's sakes, get in the ocean every day and... Um, the ocean, for your information, is 3% salt. And that will literally clean out her eyes and get rid of her cataracts. But not all of us live near the ocean. <laughs> so she can mix her own uh, salt solution and um, just 3%. Figure out how much volume you have, multiply by 3%. That's how much salt to add to it. Okay, got it. Sea salt, right? Sea salt. I don't have strong opinion about that. Okay. So any salt. Well, that's the only thing you don't have a strong opinion on, so I'll just bring it up again. <laughs> yes. How long, how long does it take for a collagen-depleted, lifelong vegetarian to recover once they start regular eating collagen-rich foods? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was talking to someone, I told them to eat collagen, and I thought they were understood they were eating collagen they literally took two fragments of cow foot put it in a pot of three quarts of water and they thought that was collagen oh just just a little bit right of the cow foot oh my god it's spit in the ocean so you've got to if you're eating uh you know pig ears or cow foot uh, i would recommend those collagens to start with um you want to cook them such that you either barely cover them with water or cover them halfway, actually cover them halfway, and pressure cook them for about an hour or two. Having said that, um, I was vegan for 26 years. So by the time I saw the light, or <laughs> realized that my collagen was, was going south, uh, I need to eat a lot of collagen. And so, for example, when I was in the car, if that car went over a bump, it felt like my organs were being torn out. Like, oh, really? Wow. It, would, it hurt because I had no collagen holding my organs in place. So when I started eating collagen, my organs firmed up and I was able to be in a car, go over a bump, and I didn't have this internal pain. So what I'm, just, what I'm trying to say is your body is going to fix itself bit by bit by bit by bit. Mm-hmm. So you've got to understand that it may take you 
you know, I don't know if you mean by lifelong vegetarian, but in my case, it was 26 years. Uh, I would say it took me five years to what I would say is fix everything. And even now, even though everything is fixed, things can get unfixed. If I forget to eat collagen for a few weeks, I'll be like, oh, oh, need a little pig ear. Oh, need some cow foot. Wow. It's amazing that the collagen ended up in here. That seems like a strange place for it to go, but. Well, uh, so this is a human ear. And this collagen, doctors use this collagen oh, to yeah. place and fix the nose and all of the parts all over the body. I'll be doing plastic it. surgery. Yeah. Now, in a pig, this thing is huge. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of it. That's what makes the, cow- the pig ear such a great source of collagen oh, because right. it is such a big size. And um, it also has um, a lot of supportive, stiffer collagen. It has many different types of collagen in it. So it can really function to do a lot of, a lot of repair in the joints around the body. So it has a cartil- high cartilage, high collagen, very nice repair thing. So the person is going to notice improvement probably in a week or less. But as far as total resolution, that might take a while. The same fellow says, how come herbivore animals are able to produce enough collagen themselves while humans seem to depend on external sources? The herbivores have five stomachs. And they have a totally different digestive process and um, acids and everything. And they also have a totally different flora. That's why. Hmm. Now, also, this herbivore, this cow, eats like 30 pounds. Or 40 pounds of vegetables a day yeah. and the human body is not built to take in take that in and also the human body is not built to convert that into collagen so we so the human body can make some collagen but it cannot make its needs can't satisfy its needs mm-hmm. pigs only have one tummy right one stomach i don't think they're pigs are not herbivores yeah they're not herbivores they're Carn- no. They're omnivores. <laughs> They'll eat anything. Right? Everything. <laughs> everything. Oh, yeah. Hogs eat slop. Yeah. <laughs> this is Lance from Escondido, California. He's got kidney pain. That's all he says. He's got it. I don't know what to do with it. We don't know. And we don't have any more information. Let's just say he pisses and he's just not pissing blood. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, so if he has kidney pain and he's not ki- uh, pissing blood and no one's punched him in the kidneys, we're just kind of illuminating some obvious causes here, then he has a collagen uh, issue. So the, the kidney is supported, and held in place, and protected by collagen. And so if you have a collagen deficiency, you're going to get pain in your kidneys, even weak kidneys. So the first step would be to, actually the simplest step, is to just go to the uh, grocery or probably your butcher and buy some pig or cow kidneys. And you know how you make your favorite chili recipe? Half kidney and half ground beef and eat that. And that's going to, either that's going to solve his problem or it's going to solve half of his problem. If it doesn't solve his whole problem, then the other half of the problem would be uh, for him to increase his water and make sure the kidneys are being flushed check his beverages, make sure he's not eating um, or drinking things like uh, alcohol or soda pop. These things uh, cause kidney pain. Okay, kidneys. What is Dr. Daniel's opinion on Swedish bitters? How does it compare with orange bitters? Um, I think orange bitters is far superior. Um, so that's be, just because of the different herbal blends. So all the bitters have a different blend of herbs. And so uh, I like the orange bitters uh, better. So there's a, lo- a lot of ways in which or levels that the bitters can work on. So one level is to free the bile so it flows through the liver. Swedish bitters are excellent for that. The next level that the orange bitters work on that the Swedish bitters don't is the orange bitters go all throughout the body freeing up the um, connective tissue that's laden with toxins and brings it to the liver. So there's that extra step that the orange bitters have that the Swedish bitters don't. 
And the bitters you had recommended a couple of weeks, shows ago, it was actually the same bitters they use in at bars and to make drinks? Absolutely. To make drinks with? What's the exactly. name of it? Exactly. What's the name right. of it? Um, um, what's the name of it? Because I looked it up after you said it, and I didn't know if Campari I had the... Campari bitters. Uh, yeah, Campari. Right. Campari bitters. So that's the same thing they use when you get a drink. At, at a, yes. Yeah. Bitters. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Um, Shelly is in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We should go visit Shelly. I mean, Nebraska is a nice state, don't you think? We should go visit. I've been to Nebraska. Have you? It's kind of flat, isn't it? Kind of flat. I flew a plane. I wasn't the pilot. I was the navigator. <laughs> Do you know? I think it was a six-seater plane and just me and the pilot. And I was a navigator with the map. We're flying from North Dakota to Nebraska. And uh, when you're in these uh, VFR, which is visual flight uh, regulations only, mm-hmm. no instruments, you have to fly pretty low. And the problem with flying pretty low was it got cloudy. And if you're below the clouds, now you're going in and out of the towers. It was pretty dicey. <laughs> pretty exciting. Well, Shelly, who's there in flat Nebraska, she says, is it safe to put Vaseline on babies often? Oh. Absolutely, every day. Absolutely, no problem. So that's what black people do with their babies, and that's why they end up with this kind of skin as you see here. <laughs> is, that, is that a black kind of thing, the Vaseline? Really? Yeah, uh, basically because Vaseline's cheap and it's a low-budget thing, it just so happens it worked out well. Yeah. So they put it on the baby, all over the baby? Oh, yeah. Or the baby gets ashy skin. Yeah. And if you're a mother and you've got this baby and you bring the baby to meet a grandma or aunts and uncles and he's got ashy skin, you are immediately a bad mother. So <laughs> you've got to slather on that Vaseline every day, maybe twice a day. Yeah. 